Inspiring solutions to save America one show at a time. Are you ready to get on board? When are you guys going to learn? The more you indict, the more we unite. Facts. It's Trump 2024. We don't care. You heard me? We already made our mind up. You already know when the hood got your back. Man, they deep in the hood. Gangsters. Talking about Trump 2024. You heard me? Woo, woo. Wah. Gangsters. The hood got this man back. I'm just trying to tell you. You heard me? And we ain't, we ain't stupid, man. American people, man. We ain't, we ain't all them talking about lockdowns and back when the mask and all that. You know, they got a new virus coming and it's going to be, man, nobody don't care. Ain't fooling nobody no more with none of that. You know, new jack, man, nobody, nobody being fooled no more. We all the way up. You heard me? It's Trump 2024. That's what it's going to be because we ain't having nothing else. From sea to shining sea, three hours of bold truth and excellence. The Wendy Bell Radio Program. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, hour number three of the Wendy Bell Radio Program. This is where we get to talk about the threats that we face in this country. And there are threats from foreign lands and there's threat, you know, threats right here in our own space. And we have John Guandolo. He is a former federal agent. He is a national security expert. And he's joining us to talk about all sorts of stuff. John, I want to welcome you back. I, I need a little bit of help. Can you boil down the implications of us, our military, launching these retaliatory airstrikes against the Iran-backed Houthis in Yemen? Tell us what's happening. Yeah, I sure can. I, I hope I can uh, keep it succinct and simple for your audience, because I actually think this is less complicated than uh, many people are making it out Good. to be. So first, uh, let's put a couple things on the table. Uh, as, as we've talked about on this show, a big part of the what I believe is the greatest problem in the war we've been engaged in since 2001 and before is that our leaders have decided not to actually understand the threat, mm-hmm. not to actually know this enemy. So they, they use words and say things that are nonsensical. Uh, they blame groups like, uh, you know, we're fighting al-Qaeda, uh, we're fighting Hamas, or we're fighting now, we're fighting what they're calling the Houthis, um, which is actually Ansar Allah, which is the controlling entity in Yemen, which is a Islamic jihadi group that has the same objective as uh, all these nation states like Qatar and Pakistan and Saudi Arabia and Iran. Um, and so let's, let's put a couple things on the table. Number one, in the larger picture, when we talk about Islam and this global jihad, and that's what they call it, global jihad, and a global movement to impose Allah's divine law on every human on earth, you've got Sunni Muslims, and Shia Muslims, and to keep it as simple as I can, most of the Islamic world, 85 to 90 percent, are Sunni, and the law that governs them, the four basic schools of Islamic law, command them to wage war against non-Muslims until an Islamic state's created under Sharia. Well, the Shia believe the same thing, but the Sunni also believe the Shia have to be obliterated because the way... Uh, for a number of historical reasons, as well as 
real legal reasons in Islamic law. And the small part, the Shia portion of Islam, is primarily Iran and uh, places like little sprinklings in Bahrain and elsewhere. What you have in Yemen, Ansar Allah, which has been fighting since the 90s and uh, about nine years ago, uh, you know, took the cap, uh, worked to take the capital, and uh, the previous government stepped down. So essentially, you're not just, they're, they're being made out in the news media to be just this little band of wild terrorists. Right. This is a former military entity that has the full backing of the Iranian government, both financially, military, intelligence-wise, uh, all of that. And so you are fighting when you're when you're aiming weapons at them. You are fighting. Uh, I think to call them a proxy of Iran is even too remote. Mm-hmm. This is really an arm of the Iranian effort and an arm of the Iranian uh, uh, government. And so that's, I just want to set the table of that. And I also want to say that they all, whether we're talking about Saudi Arabia, Pakistan, Qatar, Turkey, Iran, uh, they have all said they want a global Islamic state under Sharia. They're on record saying it. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's the exact same thing that al-Qaeda, ISIS, Boko Haram, al-Shabaab, and all the military jihadi groups say, because that's the command. That's what this is all about. The reason I lay that on the table is when you just call them the Houthis, this little group, this tribe, the Houthis. Well, they are a tribe, and the leaders bear the name, the family name Houthi. But this is more than just that. Mm-hmm. This, is a, this is a governmental military group that's essentially running Yemen, fully backed by Iran, and this is the same Iran that Joe Biden, as vice president and president, has given billions of frickin' dollars to, the number one nation-state supporter of terrorism on the planet. And he continues to financially support them. And yet he says we have to attack an arm of the Iranian government, which means, again, either the whole Biden administration has no idea what it's doing, which could be, or they're intentionally doing things knowing that this is this is going to create more havoc for the U.S. So government. are we in like a war, are we, we in war with them now? Is this is this a third front for us now that we've engaged in these strikes? Well, they're 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 already at war with us. Right. Iran's already at war with us. Uh, the Islamic world is already at war with us. And while there are people out there who would say, "Well, we're not at war with the entire Islamic world," I would say, "Which part are we not?" Right. Because as a again as a reminder to everyone out there. In 1993, the entire leadership of the Muslim world at the head of state and king level sent the Cairo Declaration on Human Rights and Islam and served it to the U.N., which says, we only understand human rights, your human rights, as it relates through the Sharia. And 100% of published Sharia, Islamic law, mandates war against non-Muslims until the entire world is under a a state, a global Islamic state ruled by Sharia. 
So that necessarily, they're on record right. saying we're at war with you. Saudi Arabia, we know, for instance, they were directly involved in the 9-11 attacks. We've walked through some of that on the show. Iran was involved in supporting al-Qaeda in the 9-11 attacks. Iran was supporting al-Qaeda and Muslim Brotherhood fighters uh, in Iraq and elsewhere uh, against U.S. And, and allied forces. We are looking at, we cannot look at what happened, just happened in Yemen that the U.S. and allied forces attacking targets in Yemen, we cannot, if you want to understand it in the real sense of what's going on in the war, you can't look at it like this was just a, uh, like the Biden administration is trying to say, this is just targeted actions against this group, and we're gone. If you understand that this is an arm of the much larger war, you have to obliterate them, and then you have to deal with Iran because they're the ones behind this. Uh, but he can't deal with Iran because he's too busy giving them billion of, billions of dollars of U.S. taxpayer money and giving them the money that was frozen. I mean, literally under the previous president, Mr. Trump, we almost bankrupted Iran. And then this administration cut all this stuff loose, all the money loose, and gave it back to him. Now, I will say one more thing. This, uh, the Ansar Allah was designated a terrorist group by the Trump administration. And one of the first things Joe Biden did when he got in office was lift that designation. And now he's dropping bombs on him. So I don't believe that the reason we took this military action is the right reason. I don't think there's anyone, including our military leadership, that has demonstrated since 9-11 that they understand the global Islamic movement. As I've talked to you on this show, I've briefed numerous uh, chairmen of the Judiciary Committee, the Intelligence Committee, the Homeland Security Committee, numerous generals and admirals to include the CENTCOM commanders, people like General Mattis and others, and not one of them understands uh, Islam. They don't understand how unified they are, and they don't understand that Sharia guides every single decision they make. And so when you put all that together, along with previous actions of this administration, I think it just paints a devastating picture that this is... Um, this could lead us, the United States, into a, a much broader war. But I would argue we've already we've been in a war just because we don't acknowledge it. President Bush didn't acknowledge it. Certainly, Mr. Obama didn't acknowledge it. That the entire Muslim world uh, is unified against us, and some of them pretend to be our allies, like Saudi Arabia, like Turkey, and they're absolutely not. I got one minute. This is going to be a hard squeeze for you here. Tell me, why would Joe Biden want this to happen? Well, why would Joe Biden give Iran billions of dollars? Right. Why? And, and if we take billions of dollars, I think for the same reason uh, you've discussed and, and you've discussed with me on this show, I think he is an enemy of the United States. He's an, he has demonstrated that working with intelligence agents in China, that's okay. Taking money from uh, businesses uh, that have direct relations with the Ukrainian government in order to use U.S. power and military to help them. I mean, this is a, this is no longer corrupt. This is, I believe, treason in the, in the yeah. greatest sense. Right. I agree. And you did a great job with that. I'm so appreciative, John. Hang tight with me. I'm going to ask you about these journalists caught on the hot mic, jer- like joking about 
uh, the potential assassination of, of Donald Trump. Like, what what is going on here? John's got a an interesting perspective on this, and I want you to hear it. We continue the conversation live with security, national security expert John Guandolo on the Wendy Bell Radio program right after this. All right, we welcome back to the program our national security expert, John Guandolo. So, John's story is a couple days old, but I'm glad we're talking about it because you've got a couple of journalists caught on a hot microphone basically talking about the um, execution of Donald Trump in a JFK-style assassination. Like, this isn't even funny, and it's funny to people. I don't know what to say. What's your Give me your dive on it. Well, I just, for me, I look at the, uh, <clears throat> because... Numerous media outlets have transcribed the tapes, and if you look at it, and we realize when we look at what the media has done over the last uh, 15 years, I will say, certainly since 2010, and again, we have the WikiLeaks, and we have uh, all kinds of information about what they're really all about um, and how they're supporting um, really tyranny in the United States and a, uh, a crushing of Americans' individual liberties. And then to, to hear something like this, uh, I think for many people who are paying attention, it confirms that a lot of these journalists really are... Uh, Agents. To, to call them cold-hearted and evil would almost be giving them Too much a little credit. bit of slack. Yeah. But uh, they, they really are that bad that they really wouldn't care. And so when you see people uh, like elected officials saying, you know, people got to take Donald Trump out, uh, it confirms for me everything that we've uh, said. I think that these people, and when I say these people, the political left in the United States will do whatever it takes to keep Donald Trump from running for office, including killing him. Yes, And that's who these people are. That's who Joe Biden is. That's who Kamala Harris is. That's who Barack Obama is. That is who the Democrat leadership is. And the, which is, by the way, according to the communist movement, the Democrat Party is, is seized by the communist movement. So this, isn't, this is the communist movement in the United States. And they are, of course, willing to take out a guy, whether you like him or not, Donald Trump represents to millions of Americans uh, the last best hope for maintaining liberty in the United States. I agree. And uh, they need to take him out. And so I think for anyone that doubts that they uh, that killing him is something they wouldn't think about. I just think this locks it down. Yeah. Neatly, we should say. You're speaking of communism. It's a perfect segue into talking about Black Lives Matter. You know, any of these pro-Hamas groups, any of these these groups that are that are shutting things down, that are blocking the entrance to airports and closing, you know, bridges and highways and they're looting and stealing all of this. You know, we used to have something in this country where the police could actually take someone down. For doing something, John, there was a punishment and the punishment had a had a uh, a chilling effect on other people who wanted to do the same sort of stuff. Whatever happened to that? Why are we also hands off and can't intervene? Well, I think it's it's good to talk about uh, the different methods that were used, but I'll especially address that the you know, shooting looters on site. And uh, the reason that that is so important to U.S. national security, in my opinion, is 
because what these movements, the communist movement and the Islamic movement are doing, is they are creating chaos, um, and the country operates uh, when there is law and order. And when there is chaos, you literally open the entire republic up to being taken down by a tyrannical force, whether that force comes from the exterior or the interior. And uh, communities that uh, enforce law and order, they cannot allow what's going on. The fact that New York is allowing their police officers to be beaten up, bridges to be shut down, uh, Chicago, uh, stores to be looted, people to be hurt, uh, this is a serious security concern. And yes, I think that that policy, which is really all about maintaining law and order of shooting looters, uh, it will immediately shut it down. But of course, what cities are these happening in? They're happening in Democrat slash communist controlled uh, cities because that's what they want. Um, but I'll just give you one quick story. In Virginia, uh, there was a sheriff I know and um, there were some Black Lives Matter people with some pastors and they wanted to bring in like 10,000 people and bust them in from all over the, the region, even outside of Virginia. And he sat down with them and explained to them what the Virginia law for de- use of deadly force for law enforcement was. And then he showed a series of videos of things that had happened in other parts of the country when police had just allowed themselves to be overrun. And he said, I want you to know, legally, this police officer right here could have shot these people. And then he looked at the other one and the other one, and what he told him is, I don't want to have to do that, but if you send this mob to my county, we will not, not one building will be hurt, and not one of my officers will be hurt, and we will use deadly force to do it. And And guess what happened? They ended up sending like 900 people, and the citizens came out and stood in their yards with their weapons, and it was a quiet, peaceful night. That's amazing. It's amazing what the rules do when the rules are are laid out on the table. Hey, this is what we're going to do, yo. Better be careful. John Guandolo, love having your voice as always. Thank you for your time. He is our national security expert. He knows a lot more about this stuff than I do. Hey, I was remiss in telling you what Hertz did. God darn it. (laughs) I'm going to get that after the break. Also, we got to talk about this guy who has challenged Donald Trump's legitimacy on the ballot. Oh, my. You just got arrested. Mm Mm-mm. Next on the Wendy Bell Radio Program. So here it is, Hertz announcing on the Detroit Free Press, Hertz is going to sell a third of its EV fleet to buy gasoline cars instead. It's almost like all of us who thought it was so ridiculous when our neighbors raced out to buy something They raced out to get an electrician to their house. Give me one of those electric plugs. Hook me up. I'm ready to go. I'm doing this. And we were all like, wait, whoa, 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 whoa. How long do these go? How far do I have? How well are they uh, fixed if something goes wrong? How often does that happen? How expensive is that? And oh, yeah, by the way, the $10 million question, if the battery goes sideways, what does it cost to get a new one, right? Retail car company giant Hertz, which made big news in 2022 when it announced, oh, it's virtue signaling. 
when it announced its plan to buy 175,000 electric vehicles from GM to diversify its fleet. Now says it plans to sell about a third of its global EVs this year and use the proceeds to buy gas-powered cars instead. I know, it's really so baffling how all of this works out. Why ever would that be? Because they don't work in cold weather, they break down, are more expensive, less reliable, and we don't have the infrastructure. Other than that, (laughs) I got nothing. Like, I don't know. I had to tell you that just because it's so duh. That was a bad idea. (laughs) Still a bad idea. I want to talk about this guy. So there's a fellow out there who alleges that he is a Republican and he wants to run against Donald Trump. (laughs) Okay. Uh, I want to read you this from the Epic Times because we have a tale of two headlines, two different stories, right? So this guy who has filed a number of these lawsuits against Donald Trump to keep him off of the ballots, he was arrested. And I wonder why. Why was he arrested? Well, let's read the story from the Epic Times, which is conservative. A man who filed a number of lawsuits in different states to try to prevent former President Donald Trump from appearing on election ballots has been arrested on federal tax charges. I mean, I hate when that happens, right? John Anthony Castro was charged last week with 33 counts of aiding the preparation of false tax returns, according to the Department of Justice prosecutors. Apparently, the DOJ does one of something other than make up crap against Donald Trump, which is refreshing. They say this guy Castro ran a virtual tax business that gave customers returns beyond what they were really owed. He would promise a significantly higher refund than taxpayers could receive from other preparers and on many occasions offered to split the additional refund with the taxpayers. Houston, we've got a problem. In order to achieve these larger refunds, Castro generated false deductions that were not based in fact and which were submitted without the taxpayer's knowledge. An employee of the defendant spoke with undercover officials regarding the tax deduction thing, the DOJ said. The employee stated that Mr. Castro would make any decisions regarding what items would be included on the tax filing. The employee did not identify any deductions that would apply to the agent. And in the course of the interview, the undercover agent denied any facts that would support deductions, the DOJ said, adding that in March 2018, Mr. Castro allegedly filed the undercover agent's tax return with 29,339 in fraudulent deductions before the IRS sent back a refund of 6,007 bucks Castro receiving $2,999 for his services. So apparently he did this. He apparently also engaged in a similar pattern to concoct fraudulent deductions for dozens of other taxpayers. And that resulted in hundreds of thousands of improperly paid claims. So that's the conservative look at it. I want you to hear how Newsweek sets this up right so we have a guy he fancies himself a a future political star he wants to to file all these things against donald trump i don't know why to kick him off the ballot right it comes out in an investigation before by the way 
he made this effort to try to kick Trump off the ballot, that he was scamming the IRS and he was scamming his clients. This is how Newsweek presents the story, however. Donald Trump opponent's sudden arrest raises questions of retaliation. (laughs) What? What are you talking about? You either did this or you didn't. Newsweek is bending itself, twisting itself in knots to defend this guy because he wants to destroy Donald Trump. Well, we're going to give you a pass on the IRS stuff. So here's how they write it. A long shot Republican presidential candidate. Yeah, the guy's running for president. I'm sure you knew of him. (laughs) Who has filed multiple lawsuits hoping to disqualify Donald Trump from running for the White House has claimed he is now facing political persecution. (laughs) It's not death threats yet, but I'm sure we're getting there. After being charged with federal tax crimes, 40-year-old John Anthony Castro has been charged in Texas with 33 counts of aiding and assisting in the preparation and presentation of a false and fraudulent return for alleged crimes which prosecutors described as stunning in their brazenness. So they're going to tell you what the allegations are, right? But they're going to protect this guy. And you're going to hear it in their reporting. Castro is accused of defrauding the government using virtual tax preparation, blah, 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 blah. Castro told Newsweek that the indictments against him are political retaliation for his taking on Trump. Or, or you just broke the law and got caught, right? This is like Claudine Gay. Uh, You don't like me because I'm black. You don't like me because I'm a woman. No, we don't like you because you suck, because you plagiarize, right? And then you want to get special treatment. Don't try to point fingers elsewhere. Again, back to an earlier conversation we had this week. It's all about don't take responsibility. Be a dirtbag, but then blame someone else. Casto has made headlines in recent months for filing at least 27 lawsuits across the uh, country. At least 27. This is why Newsweek loves him. They're like, yay. Attempting to ban Donald Trump for running from office over allegations that his actions over January 6th violated Section 3, 14th Amendment, engaged in insurrection, yada, yada, yada. Then the guy gets indignant. Several of Castro's lawsuits filed in states such as Florida, Arizona, and Nevada have been thrown out. He was not involved in the insurrection lawsuits that were able to remove Trump from the ballots in Colorado and Maine. But he says he's a Republican. Please. He's claimed in his lawsuits that he would be directly impacted if the constitutionally ineligible Trump was able to be on the ballot. This guy needs a therapist. He says it's just a misunderstanding about all of his federal tax crimes. (laughs) No, you don't understand. No, I needed that money. Please stop saying that you're a victim. And Newsweek, by the way, saying that it's retaliation against him for filing suits against Donald Trump. How do our kids stand a fighting chance when the adults in the room are terrible human beings? When the adults can't be honest, when the adults can't tell the truth, when the adults can't do their own work, when the adults can't survive without stealing somebody else's property, Joe Biden, what you find is you're living in a farcical reality. Smoke and mirrors. It's what it is. It's high school musical. So 
do know, my friends, that depending on where you get your information, of course, you're going to get very different takes on the exact same story. Now, you know what this is. I need some good. This is just the sweetest little story. Steve Hartman on the road with us, and he's going to take us to little Henry Boyer's, 11-year-old boy, by the way, 11-year-old Henry Boyer's dream of the future comes true in ways he can't even imagine. Enjoy. Was only in third grade, but Henry Boyer already knew what he wanted to be, a passion he discovered after attending a University of Michigan football game. They were that good? My mind was blown of how good they played. But it wasn't the football that he fell for. It was the marching band. And from that moment to this, Henry has been rocking out to their CD. Let's go blue! And watching old halftime shows on YouTube. He even wrote a letter to the band saying how he'd love to sign up someday. In response, they sent him a bunch of swag and a card inviting him to audition when he's old enough. I just really liked the card. What were you feeling in that moment? Surprised and heartwarmed. His mother got it on video. What did they say? They said they are oh, going to accept me in a few years. Into what? Into the marching band. Are you excited? Yes, I'm that really was, excited. That was nice of them, huh? Mm-hmm. After that, Henry asked his mom if he could double up on piano lessons and started taking drums, too. Like the card said, practice hard and I will practice hard. So you can get there someday? Yes. I just have a really good feeling that I'm going to be in the marching band. If all goes as planned, Henry will join the band in the fall of 2029. But we thought, and the school agreed, that's an awfully long time to wait for a dream to come true. So we set up a little surprise right behind this door. No way. Henry, this is your Michigan marching band. No way. (laughs) We're so excited to have you here with us, Henry. I can't believe I'm here. The Michigan marching band wrote out a single note and just look at the symphony that followed. You got it. A masterpiece of motivation that struck a major chord in this young man's life. So now, hopefully, no matter where his music takes him, Henry will always follow the lead of this marching band and play it forward. Nice job. (laughs) You guys have the best music ever. (laughs) Can't wait to join. Oh, yeah. (laughs) It'll come soon. I love that. Love, love, love that. That is the stuff that makes all of the rest of the nonsense worthwhile. Don't go anywhere when we come back on the Wendy Bell Radio program. It is Bad Joke Friday. Well, I know this is our first week that we have been live on the radio in Houston, Texas. I know we're adding stations hither and yon, and that is so exciting. So if you're new to the program, the very last thing we do every single week, we do it like clockwork. It's not open for debate. It is Bad Joke Friday. Ladies and gentlemen, 
I just flew in from New York and boy, my arm's tired. <laughs> I'm joking, of course. <laughs> Anywho, welcome to the Comedy Club. Won't you give it up to Wendy and Brock for Bad Joke Friday? All right, let's start with uh, Dr. Richard Rafferty's from the Disc Institute of Pittsburgh. He always gets his joke in early. Here you go. A big city lawyer decides to go duck hunting in the countryside. He shoots and he hits a duck, which lands in the field of a farmhouse on the other side of the fence. The lawyer goes to hop the fence. And when he does, a farmer shows up on his tractor and he asks him what he's doing. The lawyer says, well, I shot a duck. It landed in the field. I was going to go get it. Farmer says, like hell you are. This is my property. That duck belongs to me. The lawyer says, well, I'm one of the top trial attorneys in the entire state. I will sue you for everything you've got if you don't give me that duck. Farmer says, well, apparently you don't know how we settle disputes out here in the countryside. We go by the three kick rule. What's the three kick rule? The attorney asks. A farmer says, since the dispute has taken place on my land, I start off by kicking you three times then you kick me three times and we go back and forth (laughs) until one of us quits the lawyer starts laughing except he thinks he can you know because he thinks he can easily take this old farmer oh so he believes right so the farmer gets slowly gets down from his tractor he walks up to the lawyer and with his steel-toed boots kicks him right in the groin sending the lawyer to his knees the second kick hits the lawyer directly in the stomach causes him to lose the last thing that he ate with the third kick he kicks the lawyer right in his rear end which sends him face first into a cow pie (laughs) the lawyer then takes all the strength that he has remaining and he pulls himself up to his feet wipes the crap off of his face and says all right you old coot it now it's my turn the farmer says, nah, that's all right. I feel left hang. I feel like it's unresolved. It is unresolved. Did you miss the punchline? No. That's what it is, Brock. No, that's all right. Yeah, that's what it says. See, this is what happens when you don't read things in advance and Brock doesn't check them out. So that was the joke. I'm sure there's something more and he will be texting us. Brock, go ahead. I'm going to blame him. Go ahead. Know. That was a minute That's build up. for the course. There you go. Out of all the inventions of the last 100 years, the dry erase board is the most remarkable. I entered the World Kleptomaniac Championship Tournament. I took gold, silver, and bronze. <laughs> <laughs> that was cute. I got an email explaining how to read maps backwards. Oh. Yeah, it was spam. Yes, of course. My wife asked me if I saw the dog bowl. I told her I don't know. I didn't know he could bowl. I'm sorry. That was bad. I'll try this one. How does a Hawaiian baritone laugh? <clears throat> Aloha. <sighs> sorry. A vegan and a vegetarian jump off a cliff at the same time. <laughs> Who wins? I don't know. Society. <laughs> <laughs> Did you know books change color after you finish them? It's true. They become red. Okay. I did miss something on Doc's joke. Oh. The last line is, I quit. You can keep the duck. Oh, my but, uh, but gosh. I, really? I just got over my addiction to chocolate, marshmallows, and nuts. <laughs> I won't lie. It was a rocky road. <laughs> What's the best gift to give a bald person? It's a, a comb, of course. They'll never part with it. So what do you tell actors? Why do you tell actors <laughs> to break a leg? Why? Because every play has a cast. Did you know humans eat more bananas than monkeys? 
No way. Yeah, it's true. I mean, when's the last time you saw a person eat a monkey? Oh, oh God. What kind of cheese <laughs> isn't yours? I don't know. Nacho cheese. <laughs> what is a lawyer's favorite drink? A subpoena colada. <laughs> Do you ever wake up, kiss the person sleeping beside you, and feel glad that you are alive? I just did and apparently will not be allowed back on the airline again. That's funny. The National Origami Championship is on TV tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Why did that make you laugh? That's just funny. The one. National Origami Championship is on TV tonight. It will be on pay-per-view. I know, I know. Four four worms were placed in four separate test tubes. First in beer, second in wine, third in whiskey, fourth in mineral water. The next day, the teacher shows the results. The first worm in beer, dead. Second in wine, dead. Third in whiskey, dead. The fourth in mineral water, alive and healthy. Teacher asks the class, what did we learn from this experiment? And the child responds, whoever drinks beer, wine, and whiskey don't have worms. That's true. That's true. I couldn't believe it today. When I came home, my wife told me that my five-year-old son wasn't actually mine. Uh, She told me to pay more attention when I pick him up from school. (laughs) (laughs) My wife called me at the bar last night. She said, if you're not home in 10 minutes, I'm giving the dinner I cooked for you to the dog. Oh, I was home in five. Hate for anything to happen to the dog. Oh, if you drive a Subaru in reverse, you are a bus. I didn't know that. That's interesting. I'm a trust fund baby. My parents trusted me to fund myself. (laughs) I heard a large oil company is going to start making gasoline from insect urine. I think it's BP. I don't know what that means. BP. BP. I'm with you. Did you hear about the movie Constipation? (laughs) It never came out. (laughs) (laughs) I do not take credit for that bad joke. Brock botched it. He botched it. I just wanted everybody on television to know. Set it straight. There you go. Love you guys. Thanks for being a part of the Wendy Bell Radio program. We will see you back here Monday. Peace.